and just the way he thought about things. And uh, it's good to see you. Can't wait to meet you, Lindsay. But it's, it's good to be in the house of God today. Amen? It's, it's, it's a wintry day, and we can come in here dry. Believe me, I know my mouth is already dry. We can come in here cold and, and got our coat on, but would you just take 10 seconds and just stand to your feet and just lift your hands and just say, Lord, I love you. Lord, above all else, everything that's going on in my life right now, whether it be great things happening and, and my destiny being fulfilled, Lord, or whether it be trials and tribulations, God, I still love you. I, I still thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord God, for every blessing, every trial, Lord God, and we worship you today. Would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to go straight to my text today. We're going to go to the book of Philippians chapter 3. If you don't have your Bible, it will be on the screen, but I will wait for you to get there. I greet you from, uh, on behalf of Pastor and Sister Windsor, as Brother Arnell stated. They are uh, ministering today at Crossroads uh, Church in uh, White Plains, I believe, uh, for uh, Brother Curtis Eby. So please uh, keep them in your prayers. Not going to be long today. I do know the temperatures are dropping and it's supposed to be icy, but I would ask that you would stay with me, stay connected. If, if you need to stand up and do some jumping jacks, okay, I got gotcha. you. We're going to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 7. It says this, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Strong words from Paul. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith. Would you say through faith? The righteousness which is of God by faith. Verse number 10, that I may know him. Would you say those words? That I may know him. And the power. Would you say in this power? And the fellowship. And say fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death. Verse 11 says, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, would you say that word apprehend? That for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, Paul said. He's like, this great apostle, writing at this time, he said, I don't have it all together yet. I'm not even close but I follow after. He said, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You may be seated. In January and in February of 1967, Martin Luther King Jr. wrote the first draft of his final book, Where Do We Go From Here? 
entitled Chaos or Community. Each one of us here today is going somewhere in our lives. Somewhere. Whether that be to the bathroom, to the restaurant, somewhere in our career, somewhere in our jobs, in our homes, in our families. Some of us are in college. Some of us are in the middle of careers. Some of us are looking for jobs. Some of us are just looking. We are all pointing in some direction in our lives. We are all at some point not only in our lives and careers, but also more importantly in our spiritual walk with God. Amen? But to answer the question, where do we go from here, we must first honestly recognize where are we now? Where are we now? Each one of us must honestly look at our lives and dig deep into our hearts and answer the question, where am I in God right now? For some of us, the answer we are going to give, most of us, I would venture to say, is not where I need to be. And that's an honest answer. Or not where I should be, or, or not where I want to be. Someone else might say, I'm satisfied. I'm okay with my current walk with God. And some others might say, it's not the best, but it's better than I, it's, 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 it's been. And, and it's better than it's been in the past, and that's okay for right now. And to you, I would say, okay, that's, that's good. I, I'm glad that you can, you can honestly assess where you are in God and, and what things are happening in, in your relationship with God, whether it be good, whether it be bad. But can I suggest to all of us that none of us are where God wants us to be. None of us are where God ultimately wants to take us. And I'm convinced that when it comes to the kingdom of God, that we are each capable of more than we ever imagined possible. I could go all across this room today, and I could ask you to give me an example of the time where God has completely challenged your mind and changed your outlook when you didn't even see things were going to happen that were possible. We can all attest to that. But yet there are still things that we hold in our mind that God can't do. Psalm 42 verse 7 says this. It says, Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waterspouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Deep calleth unto deep. God is calling for us today to go deeper than we ever have before. You see, there's a, a story I read in India about the need of clean drinking water in the Bengal basin of the Ganges River Delta. You see, the groundwater is separated by 240 or more feet of clay. And, and the first aquifer is groundwater with uh, uh, bacteria in, in it. The second aquifer is arsenic-laced or traced, and it's pollution. As pollution is a byproduct of the reduction of the sedimentary iron ox hydroxides. I know that was a lot, but the water was bad. You got that? Okay. Sorry to, get, sorry to go there. But I say that because the levels of those chemicals and those those oxhydroxides they found were five times greater than the world health uh, basically our EPA our FDA standards would allow and, and clean water was only found in the third 
aquifer, and that was 300 feet deep. And in order to get a safe well, you have to drill a hole through the first two aquifers past the 240 feet between clay, between rock, and get to the third aquifer. There are plenty of wells everywhere, but there's no healthy water. They don't go deep enough, and no seal was placed in the hole to stop the cross-contamination between the three aquifers and the levels of water. Because the government had paid to have wells dug, but then payoffs for government officials and contractors caused the wells only to be dug 200 feet deep. And these inferior wells caused sickness and ultimately death to animals and humans that who depend on water, something we can't live without, right? So there was a need to dig deeper. The wells that had been dug previously were not sustainable any longer. And stay with me today. I believe more than ever before that God is asking us today to dig deeper in our walk with God, deeper than we ever have before. If you hear me today, we have to dig deeper. I believe 2019 is going to be a pivotal change in the church, in the life of Christians all over the world, a commitment to God. And I know most everyone will say amen to that and say, yes, Pastor Bucky, I believe that. You know what? It's the beginning of the year. I'm going to commit. And I'm like, That's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. But here's what I want to ask you today. What are you going to commit? Are you going to use a shovel? Are you going to use a spoon? How much are you going to commit? How much are you going to dig? What is your tool going to be today to use a shovel or a spoon? You see, no one ever wants to dig deeper than they have to. I remember digging trenches for, for whether it be a, a heavy wire or, or having to dig a trench in the middle of the night because at one point our, 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 our foundation had a crack in it and water was coming in our house and the rain was pouring down and I, had to, I didn't stay out there for six hours. I just dug the trench so it would do the water. No one wants to take the time to dig deeper Because they think that, oh, well, if I can just do this, it'll, it'll, I, that'll be enough. As you dig deeper, you encounter obstacles. You encounter rocks. You encounter harder clay. Digging deeper means more time. Uh-oh. Digging deeper means more work. Digging deeper means more materials. It takes more time, and it costs more. We like things on the surface, per se. It, it, it's, it's very easy for us to come to service and, and to feel the presence of God, be encouraged, and leave inspired but not changed. We can come in here, and we can feel the presence of God, and we can feel the anointing of God through the singing and, and through the interaction. We can feel the Holy Ghost, and we can leave here inspired, and we can say, you know what, that was a great sermon, Pastor Bucky. Well, was it great, or was it life-changing? And I'm not saying that I need to be built up for that, but I want us to recognize why we're here today. We're not just here because it's Sunday. We're here to be challenged and changed by the Word of God. 
We like things easy in every part of our lives. We like things to not mess up our daily routine. We don't like to have to work to get something. I'm talking to myself all day long. Quick and easy. That's usually how we want things. This, there was a story about a, a gentleman by the name of George Danzig. He was a grad student in mathematics, and his math professor, the head of mathematics department, told the grad students that whoever got the best grade on the final would be hired as his research assistant the next year. It was a great job. Everybody wanted the job. And George had studied hard for the test. Consequently, he was up until the middle of the night studying, and as a a result, he overslept the next morning. Yet, he got to class in time to take the test. However, he did not hear the final, the, the final exam instructions. He was handed the test and went to the back of the room, and George got through the eight math questions fairly easily, but there were two additional problems on the blackboard. George copied them down, and he began to work on them, but he couldn't solve them. George began to think, somebody in this room is going to solve these problems. What's wrong with me? He kept working and working and working on the problems. He couldn't get them solved. By the end of the time allowed, some of the students had asked for additional time to work, and the professor told them that they could take the test home and bring it back by Friday. Maybe he should ask for more time, George thought. The teacher told him, just bring back the test by Friday. George went home and sat up night after night. And this was Monday, all day Tuesday, and Tuesday night, Wednesday, Wednesday night, Thursday, Thursday night. He just kept thinking, somebody is going to get these solved. Why not me? Finally, by Thursday morning, he had one of the problems solved. Then he kept working, he kept working, he kept working late into Thursday night, and on Friday morning, he solved the second one. George turned in the test by the deadline, and he went home wondering what would happen. Sunday morning at 7 a.m., there was a knock on the door. He jumped out of bed, and his professor is standing there, and his professor says, George, you've made mathematical history. I was thinking on the way over here, you were late to the test, right? George said. Well, yeah. Did I do something wrong? No, the professor said. It's just that the eight questions were the test. I told everybody who was gathered, I've had such a great time teaching all of you. If you want to have fun for the rest of your life, these two questions are the two unsolved math questions that even Einstein himself went to his grave unable to solve. How did you do this, George? George recounted that if he heard ahead of time the instructions for the final and that no one has been able to solve these problems, that he would have probably not been able to solve them. And it is true in the same aspect that God has put into us. James chapter 1, verse 2 says this. It says, Consider it pure joy, or, or count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. 
that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I was speaking with Kevin and Rachel yesterday, and, and uh, I asked God why. I was, I was going down to see them and, and wanted to see the baby and pray with the baby, but I, I, I asked God why a lot in my life. And um, I, I, I believe it's okay to ask our questions because I want him to know that I'm, <laughs> I may not like the answer, but I want to know the answer. And God brought to my memory the scripture that says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. I believe the hardest parts of being a Christian and trying to advance and trying to go deeper and trying to see what God has for us is the waiting. Because sometimes we take a, not receiving an answer from God as God not hearing us or God not being there. But I can attest that I have a problem with, with controlling the situations of my life and considering the trials in my life even as joy. I would say that that was very evident in Paul's writings, as you can understand. He, this great apostle, he was very, very uh, uh, transparent and said, you know what, I don't have it all together, but I'm still going to try. I want things done a certain way. I want this done that this way and that done that way. And, and I became frustrated when, when my little bit of effort sometimes is not met with an overwhelming response by God is not met with a great reward. Oh, well, Lord, I've asked like Monday, so you're going to like give me like a raise by the end of the week, right? Come on, I, I am not a, the only one on this island. But God changes our minds, and, and he spoke to me this week about what is our, our mentality and, and what things are we holding captive in our life? What things are, are we more focused on in our life than, than other things. And, and God brought the scripture to my mind that the deep calleth unto deep. There's a reason why you're here today because God is calling you. God hasn't forgotten about you. God hasn't shut the door. He hasn't turned away. He is calling you to go deeper because he's got deeper things for you. The word tells us that deep calleth unto deep and I have felt it so much. I believe our first Wednesday we had prayer meeting. I believe that uh, I felt it so strong going into to 2019 that fasting was going to change my life and that fasting was going to change our church, uh, this church in Leesburg, and going to change the kingdom of God. I do believe that. I felt it so much in my spirit that God is challenging us this year and he is calling us to see if we can recognize his voice. To see if we can hear what God is calling us. How, how deep it, that God is calling us. And, and the things that we have prayed for. The promises that God has given to us. Will not come to pass until we can respond in that deep moment with God. In that deep place with God. 
deep in fasting and, and in prayer and in commitment, deep in discipleship and deep in relationship with God. If, if I cannot take a shovel and dig deeper into my spiritual connection with God, then I will continue to encounter a spoon-sized blessing. Small rewards. I'm talking to a group of people here today that I know you're fed up with the small rewards. They may sustain you, but they're not taking you into the deep. I was grabbing some coffee the other day, and this, this, this kind of challenged my thinking about what our world is projecting today. It was a statement. I was just grabbing coffee, and I was, I was putting my uh, creamer and stuff in it, and this lady said this. She said, if you're on social media and you're not a nutcase, you're an expert. I was like, wow, that's kind of true. Uh, I mean, think about it for a second. And I laughed to myself because in reality, we all know that to be false. You know, when we really sit down and we really are like, uh, wait, I really don't know who this person is. And, you know, but I, I laughed to myself because I thought it was true. And it really just kind of changed me because so many times I will just take the information that's in front of me. And I will take shallow thoughts. And I will take shallow reactions. But what it really did was prove to me the embodiment of today's search for information and search for resolution. Something we need to resolve. But we can take one user's experience with something and identify with them if it appears genuine. And I hope you hear me when I say that word today, genuine. Because God is just asking us to be genuine. That's the main impact of deep calling unto deep. And I, I apologize if I'm not peppy and energized today. I just giving you what God has laid on my heart. But we can take whatever it may be, an opinion or something or, or, or a recipe or even a how-to video, whatever the derivation of our search is born out of, the, it, the number one thing is what's the answer for my question? And the number two reason we'll take it so quick is, is how fast can I get this solved? And a lot of times that second number, that second reason overrides is this even the right answer can I get this resolved oh well can I just can I throw this in the instant pot can I do this can I do that well I, I see that has a lower rating but it's got prime shipping it's not the exact one I want but hey I can get it in two days how many times have we done that with our walk with God We've traded in this service today and this experience, and we said, God, you know what? That will get me through the week. I don't need to fast this week. I don't need uh, to, to call into deep. I don't need to read my word every single day. Lord, we had a great, great service Sunday. That will maintain me throughout the week. How many times have we done that? I've done that before. I'm not not ashamed to say that, but I believe that God is calling us 
for a deep encounter. We have traded a feel-good moment for a deep encounter, for a deep encounter. And the parable of the rich young ruler always tends to stay in my mind. You see, he wanted eternal life with zero interest and no money down. But when he was told that he was going to need to finance it long term, he wasn't interested. Commitment. Would you say that word? Would you say commitment? Let me ask you today if you were to look at your life and say, what things are you committed to more? What things are you committed to more than a deep relationship with God, than deep expectations, than understanding the deep things that God is calling you to? And I'm not talking about coming to church on a Sunday. That's not deep. Anyone can do that. But there are people in your life that God is challenging you to be genuine with. Those are the deep things. There are hurts and fears that are in your life that God is calling you to give to him and to forgive and forget. Those are deep things that not every person can do. Amen? I believe that God has called me today to tell you to put down the spoon and to pick up the shovel. Look deeper into God's word. Pray deeper than we ever have before. It's time that our commitments to God grow deeper than ever before. But remember, deeper means more work. It means more time, more materials. It means more cost. But ultimately, it means more dedication. You can't have a deep walk with God and get it easy. You can't have a deep walk with God without working on it. This world will try to lie to you and tell you you can listen to a podcast and it will change your life. It may impact your life for that day. It may impact your point of view and how you look at things. But a relationship with God will change who you are. It will change your eternity. It will change your now. It will change your future, your past, and your present. Do you believe that? You can't have a deep walk with God without working for it. Quick and easy are just not going to work if we want a relationship with God that affects those around us. I believe some of our biggest battles are just getting past our, our fears and our doubts with God. And meanwhile, God is saying, Go deeper, because if you were at the point, your faith could be a reflection of who I am to someone else. Your trust in me could mend a relationship that was broken by someone else that left, that left uh, my wa- the walk with God years ago. Your genuineness can repair damaged relationships when you tell them that you love God and that you trust them in the good times and in the bad times. When they see you. Deep is calling it to deep. If you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with worry, finances, relationships, sin, feeling like you are not saved, you've got to dig deeper. You've got to dig deeper. You've got to pray more. You've got to fast more. You've got to be genuine with God and genuine with yourself. Musicians, if you would come, I'm not going to be much longer. But today we must understand and fully comprehend, fully comprehend that Jesus is not shallow. His commitment to you is not frivolous. I'm sure we can all understand that. But grace, redemption, mercy, those things, they weren't cheap. Amen? It cost him everything that he had. 
You see, the wells in India, when they were dug, mistakes were made. When they thought they were successful in, in reaching that first aquifer, they thought, hey, that's it, we're done. We've, we've got it. This is great. We can do this. But it wasn't until people were sick. People started dying and they, they realized, oh, something's wrong. How many of us have been there that we've, we've, made, a mis- we've made a mistake? We've, we thought we made the right choice. And in that first moment, this is the right choice. This is what's right for me. And not until we got down the road, we realized, Lord, this was a horrible decision. And then, digging deeper, what we thought we were doing, still holding on to God, we still got through to the second well, and we got deeper, but there's still some things that God is saying, you know what, this is really isn't where you need to be. And how many times have we pushed that away and said, Lord, you know, I, I, I've committed more, and I've done this, and I've fasted more, but, you know, this feels really good where I am. But they didn't know that those mistakes were made until people continued to get sick and and people continued to die. And it wasn't until they got to the third level when they were committed to say, you know what, we're going to do this and we're going to do it right. We're going to dig deeper and we're going to make sure that this is where we need to be before we get settled. Before we say, this is where I need to be, I'm going to make sure this is where I need to be. Would you stand with me today? I mentioned that to say this to you today that some of us are still at that first and second level and you're wondering why you're not growing why you're not advancing why you don't feel like your relationship with God has gotten deeper has, has you're not seeing things in your life that you're reading in your Bible that you're hearing on Sunday or hearing and I want to tell you today that deep calleth unto deep but in the same thing shallow calleth unto shallow and this world is very very shallow and the things that we can hold in our hand are shallow and sometimes that's all we can see is what's in front of us but God is still calling us today you see a well pump has a rating you cannot successfully operate a pump that is rated for 150 feet in a hole that is 200 feet, right? That's easy math to do. It's going to take more. So we can't expect our Sunday attendance and our Wednesday attendance to get us to that level that we need to be, that God is calling us to. Do you hear me today? God is calling us deeper than ever before. And we've got the answer back. Lord, I hear you. I know what you're saying. I believe you. God is asking for more. And once you find the deep experience with God, then it's time to seal some things off. It's time to say, you know what? That second well, that second place that I was, I'm not going back there. It's going to take some time. But if you are standing here today and you're thinking... That's all I've been hearing lately, that God wants me to give more, give more, give more. It's because God is calling you to deeper things. 
It's not because some man or, or woman is saying things for their personal gain. It's because God is calling you to deeper things. It's because God wants to use you for his kingdom. Would you lift your hands right now just in this place and just say, Lord, I hear you today. Father, I know this may not have been the most eloquent message today. It may not have been the most captivating message today. But I believe that, that your word was, was given today, Lord. God, and I pray, Lord God, that every person in this place today would receive this word. God, and examine their lives and, and focus on you. God, and commit to you today. Lord God, greater than ever before. Would you just pray that today? Would you ask God to help you stay dedicated. You see, it's easy to lose focus. It's easy to get off track. It's easy to go to the shallow things. It's easy to see the things right in front of us that we have to deal with at work or, or with other things. It's easy to get focused on those, but God is calling us to deeper things. This altar is open today. If you would like to come, I would invite you. Would you, would you just connect with Him today and say, Lord, I'm not letting go.